What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. If you don't do us already, please follow me on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. Be greatly, greatly appreciated. Sorry for a little bit of delay on the podcast. My work schedule's been a little bit crazy in the holidays and everything. But we're here today going over the Bills Broncos game. Your Buffalo Bills are the AFC East champions for the first time since 1995. They've also clinched a playoff berth with that, which makes the Bills making the playoffs three of the last four years. Super happy for this team. It was awesome seeing the videos of Bills Mafia waiting for the Bills as they got off their plane at the airport. It's been reported that Governor Cuomo in New York and the Buffalo Bills have been working together to potentially have fans for their playoff game. It's going to be a great time in the city of Buffalo um, and you know Orchard Park, New York at the Bills Stadium when the Bills host a playoff game. It's going to be great. They crushed the Broncos 48-19. Josh Allen, another incredible performance. 28 of 40, 359 yards, two passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Also had three carries for 33 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Stephon Diggs continues to have an unreal year. 11 receptions, 147 yards. He breaks Eric Mould's all-time receptions record for a season. So that was really cool to see. He's actually um, very close to breaking the receiving yards record in a single season. Both of those are also held by Eric Moulds. I want to say he's about 60 yards away from doing that. Cole Beasley, another great game. Eight receptions for 112 yards. He's about 60 yards away from having a 1,000-yard season. And Josh Allen, his season has also been incredible he's only a few hundred yards away and a few touchdowns away from breaking both Jim Kelly and Drew Bledsoe's records for passing yards and passing touchdowns in a season he's currently sitting exactly 4,000 passing yards 30 touchdowns only nine interceptions Diggs has 111 receptions for 1,314 yards and five touchdowns Beasley 79 for 950 yards four touchdowns so he's actually only 50 yards away from 1,000. The big story for me for this game, I pretty much expected the Bills' offense to do what it did. They actually scored probably three or four more touchdowns than the final score indicated. They had a lot of touchdowns called back on penalties, so Josh's numbers probably could have even been better. But the Bills' defense continues to impress. Not that the Broncos' offense is stellar, but they were coming off a really good performance, which Drew Locke had four touchdowns. Um, and, you know, they just continue to improve ever since the bye week. And that's exactly what the Bills need if they go deep run into the playoffs. Jerry Hughes looked like Barry Sanders taking a fumble back for a touchdown. Tredavious White was awesome all game. Multiple pass breakups. Stripping Drew Locke for Jerry Hughes fumble touchdown. Um, flying all over the field. The Bills have just been really fun this season to watch. And the cool thing for the Bills right now is that the Steelers lost to the Bengals last night. 
on Monday Night Football. So the Bills are currently the number two team in the AFC or AFC overall. So it's going to be interesting these last two weeks because many people are talking about maybe the Bills will set their starters week 17 kind of like they did last year, having the playoff spot locked up and everything. Last year, the Bills position couldn't change. But with Pittsburgh losing that game, these next two games are actually extremely important for the Bills as they could get the number two seed locked up. So I think they will end up playing their Chargers Week 17. They face the Patriots this week on Monday Night Football. I think it's a very winnable game for them. It is in New England, but I still think the Bills are going to come out, foot on the gas pedal, come away with a victory, have Miami coming into them, you know, Week 17, and maybe the Bills even could clinch a number two seed and eliminate Miami from the playoffs. You know, Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, Indianapolis, even Vegas still are all fighting for these final playoff spots. And if the Bills could lock the two seed and knock out Miami, I think that'd be awesome. Week 17, um, there was a little bit of an injury scare with Stephon Dix at the end of the Broncos game, but he looks like he's all good to go. He said nothing is going to be affecting him. I will continue to state, though, Matt Milano, when he plays this year, the Bills are undefeated. Matt Milano needs to get paid as soon as the season's over as a piece you do not want to lose. Cole Beasley and John Brown have been steals for the Bills on the deals they've had. I know John Brown's been banged up this year, but at the time, many people were making fun of the Bills for the deals they made with those two because they're a little bit older players. But they've done nothing but great things for Buffalo. Brandon Bean deserves another bow for those moves. Cole Beasley's been one of the most underappreciated signings in free agency over the past few seasons. I believe John Brown will be back this week. I think they pretty much held him out because of the sickle cell trait and going up to Denver. Also, just giving him that extra week to kind of get rested up again and get fully healthy. Honestly, I wouldn't be terribly mad if they... Um, rested John Brown all the way until the playoffs they've been good with Gabriel Davis be kind of that third guy Isaiah McKenzie's chipped in nicely as well they do only have 21 days to activate Brown and that was last week so I believe that they have 14 now um, so they would have to probably activate him before the last game but even if they could rest him this game again I don't think it'd be a terrible thing five Buffalo Bills were named to the Pro Bowl Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tremaine Evans, Trey White, and Andre Roberts. And I want to congratulate all of them. Great achievement. First time Pro Bowl for um, a few of those guys. However, the bigger issue with the Pro Bowl I have at hand is how on God's green earth is Jordan Poyer not in the Pro Bowl? The Pro Bowl is already a joke as is. It's literally a two-hand touch patty cake football game that they're not even doing this year. I think they said something about they're doing a video game or something virtually um, because of COVID and everything and whatnot. But how is this guy not a Pro Bowler? What do you? Ha- what are the credentials for making a Pro Bowl? Because I want to know. He was top in fan voting, which is one-third of the voting. So you're telling me the other two-thirds, which is players and coaches, don't recognize how good Jordan Poyer is? He's got 100 tackles on the year, two sacks, a forced fumble, two picks. 
He's a top five safety in the NFL. He's probably number one or two safety in the entire AFC. I think others would probably argue Tyron Matthew. But Poyer's right there. I just don't understand a guy that's done this now for four years since coming to Buffalo has not gotten the recognition he deserves. I mean, it's kind of typical that Buffalo doesn't get the recognition, but the way the Bills have played this year, and you know, the media is really starting to take notice of Buffalo as a whole, and Josh Allen and Diggs just had the cover story on ESPN, which is also really cool if Bills fans want to check that out. But Jordan Poyer has been the most consistent safety in the NFL probably for the past five, six years. And his numbers back it up, his play backs it up, He's consistently healthy. He comes downhill every time he plays, gives you 100%. He's a captain for the Bills, great leader. And to be like fifth or sixth in the league, you know, in tackles a few times as a safety when mostly linebackers are leading those categories, I just can't believe Poyer is getting disrespected by that by coaches and players. I think the Pro Bowl is a joke. That's why I really don't think it's a huge deal that he's not in it because I just think it's all stupid anyway. However, if he's not named an All-Pro this year, that's just absurd. Jordan Poyer deserves to be an All-Pro just like Tredavious White did last year. And Josh Allen deserves to be in consideration for an All-Pro as well. Probably won't get it. He should also be in the MVP conversation because Mahomes Rodgers are right there. Derrick Henry, I think, deserves to be in there. But Josh Allen should be there right there as well. You know, maybe he'll get some votes, but his name also deserves to be in there. Moving on to the next category for today's podcast, we're going to be talking about the World Juniors and why everyone that's a Sabres fan wants to have all eyes on Team Canada this year. Jack Quinn, Dylan Cousins, past two number one picks in the first round for the Sabres are going to be top-lining Team Canada Dylan Cousins was named an alternate captain the other day. It's be a really cool opportunity for Sabres fans to get a look at these guys. Jack Quinn most likely will not be on the Sabres here. Dylan Cousins, however, should be on the Sabres here. To be really interesting what the Sabres do with him, whether they keep him at wing or center. I think however he does in this tournament will kind of dictate that a little bit. Um, Ryan Johnson, who was also picked in the first round with Dylan Cousins, he was the last pick of the round. Um, he made Team USA after not making it last year. He's having a much improved second year in college. He's got some upside potential for the Sabres. And it's nice to see that the Sabres, you know, prospect pool is kind of rebuilding up. The past few years, a lot of the prospects that the Sabres thought were going to hit um, really didn't. Or a lot of guys, older AHL guys were retiring. And seemed like Botterill, for as much as he wanted to do to build up the AHL in Rochester, it really kind of flattened out and didn't go where he wanted to go. Now with Kevin Adams in, I thought he did a really good job in this year's draft, trading up and getting a few players that he coveted in the, you know, the second, third rounds to kind of develop in Rochester. Ukapekalukin in, I'll probably be able to develop a little bit in Rochester this year as well. Um, Casey Middlestat's a big question mark I really don't know what's going on with him he's still not signed um he hasn't proven anything in the NHL I don't know if he's 
a little ego hurt because he thinks he's better than he is and he just hasn't performed well when he was in Buffalo. You know, he did okay when he was in Rochester. I still would have liked to see him dominate a little more, kind of like Tage Thompson did when he went down. So that's kind of a situation that you're going to want to monitor if you're a Sabres fan. But I just think it's really cool for the World Juniors that the entire tournament for a big team and probably the most popular team and favorite team to win in Canada is going to be featuring two Sabres prospects that are really going to be, you know, I'm not going to say the face of the franchise because, you know, Eichel and Darlene are those two guys. But these two guys are going to be key players in the Sabres' future if they want to win a Stanley Cup. These are the players that are going to be on the first and second lines with guys like Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart, Victor Olofsson, those type of players in a few years down the line. Dylan Cousins is a guy that's going to be expected to contribute this year if he makes the Sabres, which I think he will. He's probably going to be a player they want to rely on to get 30 to 40 points here, which I know is a little bit um, or a lot to ask out of him in a rookie season, especially in a shortened year in a new division. I think he's fully capable of doing it, though. He's got a good NHL body. He talked about how he added over 10 pounds of muscle this offseason. The one thing that Dylan Cousins does that's very similar to Jack is the way he uses his body to keep players off him. He doesn't really lose the puck that often in the games I have watched. He's just a very solid hockey player. Jack Quinn, still a little bit questionable on him. I think he does have a knack for scoring goals. He's shown that in the red and white scrimmages for Canada. I still would have preferred Perfetti or Rossi. However, still to be determined, I think Quinn is going to be a good player. We'll wait and see on him. But the fact that he's already on the first line with Dylan Cousins for Team Canada is a great sign. I think it's a lot to look forward to for Sabres fans. And I think the future is bright in Buffalo. Now we just got to see how the Taylor Hall move works out. Hopefully it works out enough that they want to bring him back again. Hopefully Jeff Skinner has a bounce back year. Dylan Cousins, hopefully you'll have a good World Juniors and then step right into the NHL to the training camp and hopefully make an immediate impact for the Sabres. We'll have to wait and see what they're going to do with Middlestat and Rochester if they think he's going to be in training camp and get him under contract. But that'll be a huge wait and see. Also keep an eye on Ryan Johnson for USA just to see how he plays. He's definitely playing a little bit better this year than last year. Um, so hopefully his development continues to go in the right direction and the World Juniors is a good step in doing that. Then finally for today, we haven't talked Big Four hoops in a while, so I'm just going to kind of give you a quick debrief of what's been going on with them. St. Bonaventure is 2-0 currently. They've only gotten to play two games non-conference where they picked up wins versus Akron and Hofstra. Their game against Buffalo got canceled, and their first A-10 game was canceled. They're supposed to be playing Rhode Island in the upcoming week. So hopefully they're going to start getting their games going. But the Bonnies have looked good so far. UB, very up and down to start their season. They're 3-3. Three and three. Heartbreaker the other night. Really disappointed. They came, they're coming off of a loss in overtime to Syracuse. When a game that they were up by 16 at one point. Really let that game slip away, slip away um, against a Syracuse team that I don't think is very good. Would have still been a very good win for the Bulls, Javon Graves has continued to be great for them. Um, Nimbala, who they got from Texas Tech a few years ago, um, is continuing to improve and be a player um, for Jim Whitesell. You know, I think UB is going to be right in the middle um, for the MAC this year. 
they got good players. It's just very hard um, after you have a team with Massenburg, Harris, Nick Perkins, all those guys, Dante Carruthers, and then you kind of just transition into almost a new era where Nate Oates now at Alabama. Um, it's just going to be tough for the next few years for UB. I still think they're going to be competitive. They're going to be a good team. They're going to put up double digits, and I think they're going to be able to still compete for MAC title. I just don't think they're going to be the favorites that you've seen them be in the past few years. Canisius is 1-1. One and one. They split a pair against Marist at home. Pretty sloppy games. A lot of new faces for Canisius. They won the first game and then lost the second game where they only scored a little over 50 points. Not the most exciting win. Um, very interesting to see what they do. Malik Green was a good transfer. They got Majesty Brandon continues to be the spark plug uh, for Canisius that they want for this season. I think he has a chance to win MAC Player of the Year. Um, I think it will be a little bit tougher because I don't think he's just going to be very good. But if he keeps putting up the points he does, I think he's got a real shot. Niagara is 2-3 and three on the year. They swept Fairfield in their series and then lost to St. Peter's twice. They also lost to Syracuse by 30 um, in a non-conference matchup earlier in the year. Um, so they're off to a little bit of a slow start as well. As I talked about before, the MAC is doing only MAC games here and to also limit travel. They're doing two to three game series um, when they go and play. Canisius' last series against Siena, which is supposed to be a series of two or three games, I believe, was canceled because Siena had just gotten off of, you know, the COVID quarantining and they just didn't feel comfortable doing that. Um, so Canisius will be playing Monmouth a little few days after Christmas. Niagara will be coming up again soon and then UB is going to be really getting into their um, Mac conference play as well. I know I said Mac for both because UB is Mac or Mid American. Canisius is Metro Atlantic. The same thing with Niagara. But that's just a quick update on the Big Four hoops. Not really as exciting this year because none of the teams are really going to get to play each other outside of Canisius, Niagara. UB and Bonnie aren't playing each other. Like I said, they game got postponed. No UB and Canisius. No UB Niagara. Um, maybe they'll get something scheduled later in the year. We'll see. Um, but that's pretty much going to do it for today's podcast. Appreciate everyone adjusting the schedule with me. Um, I will not be having an episode on Friday this week just because of Christmas and everything. But the next time you hear me, it'll be me and Zach. Another NBA podcast episode. NBA comes back and starts tonight. It'll be the Warriors at the Nets, which is 7 o'clock tip-off on TNT, followed by the Clippers and the Lakers. So those are a few really good games to kick off the NBA season. So next time, me and Zach will be getting into our 10 power forward rankings. We're we'll doing some over-under for team wins this year, and then we'll probably discuss the first week's worth of games or so. Um, that'll probably be on Sunday or early next week. Maybe I'll do one long episode incorporating both the Bills and the NBA. We'll see. But um, just stay tuned on my Instagram. I'll keep you guys updated if you don't follow me already, like I said before, at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. Thank you for everyone that entered the giveaway a few weeks ago, and I appreciate all the support. Hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and everyone stays safe and healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.